Hi there, and welcome back to the Sports Madness News Podcast. Today, I'll be talking about the NCAA tournament so far and what to expect ahead. Upset alert. In this year's tournament, we've seen a ton of upsets and crazy ending games happen. One of these examples is the Cinderella story of St. Peter's getting to the Elite Eight. The farthest the 15 seed has ever made it to a March Madness was the Sweet 16, which was the record held by Florida Gulf Coast in 2013 in Oral Roberts last year. It may have not just been lucky for the Peacocks though, since their star bench player Doug Eddard in their first game against Kentucky scored 20 points as a bench player, making his important debut for the team in the tournament. It is an amazing fact that after St. Peter's beat Kentucky, there were only 743 perfect brackets left while 17.35 million brackets were submitted to bracket sites. Here are some highlights of the game. Way following him. Eddard takes it in on Mintz. The banker, no. Follow. It goes. Oh, I love that tiny bit of a... Five points were tied at 17. Eddard turns the corner. It goes, and a foul. That ball died (laughs) on the rim and went through. He comes around the corner to St. Peter's players. They can all handle the basketball. Look at that. Edder just made the big three. The drive. Push shot. Oh! Rolls in! What a tips up going towards the basket if you can find it. Edder jumper. Yes, sir! Oh, three. We're tied. He's built in overtime, 8 of 10 at the free throw line. Kentucky, 1 of 6. He nails a pair. Wow. Seven seconds left. Wheeler gives it up. Brooks, the jumper. No good. You can feel the madness. St. Peter's. They continue to move on in the bracket, making their moves while somehow squishing in a win against 7-seed Murray State winning 70-60, and then in the Sweet 16 beating Purdue, 67-64, a very tight game. Unfortunately, they lost to North Carolina, 69-49, as the Blazing Hot Carolina team smashes right through them. As a slightly looked at college, St. Peter's budget was not very high, and is in a tight spot with the money they have used for travel and other things even though they have made a significant amount of money for making it to the Elite although they lost. Michigan also had a few nice upsets going into the tournament as an 11 seed. They beat Colorado State in the first round, taking advantage of Hunter Dickinson, Michigan's big guy for the year, scoring 21 points throughout the game. Michigan was supposed to win when the game had started, with a 73.3% chance of winning after gaining the tip-off when starting the game. With the help of Frankie Collins scoring 14 and Eli Brooks scoring 16, Michigan was able to take the lead after the game momentum turned to Colorado State around the 8-minute mark in the first half. They won 75-63. to In their next game, they played the three-seed Tennessee, and Hunter Dickinson went off again. He had 27 points this game. The Michigan team shot 50% of field goals, 37.5% three-point field goals, 
and had 15 turnovers and 36 rebounds. With great performance, the Tennessee team wasn't able to hold Michigan back. Although they were on a good streak, they lost to Villanova in the Sweet 16, while Villanova had the knowledge that they needed to stop Hunter Dickinson to win the game. Those are my two main upsets in the first round of March 9th of this year. About 160 brackets were perfect after the whole first round, and now let's get to the second round. In the second round, the teams left for Gonzaga, Memphis, New Mexico State, Arkansas, Notre Dame, Texas Tech, Michigan State, Duke, Baylor, North Carolina, St. Mary's, UCLA, Texas, Purdue, Murray State, St. Peter's, Arizona, TCU, Houston, Illinois, Michigan, Tennessee, Ohio State, Villanova, Kansas, Creighton, Richmond, Providence, Iowa State, Wisconsin, Miami, and Auburn. Although this is still a lot of teams, it started with 68 teams and is now just 32. A round of 32 has been a very interesting one. One of the most looked at games in that round is the UNC-Baylor game. UNC is an 8 seed and Baylor is a 1 seed. The overview of the game is that Baylor was losing by about 25 points halfway through the second half of the game. With the help of RJ Davis scoring 30 points, UNC kept Baylor from ruining their streak. The game went into overtime, but UNC ended up winning 93-86. to Coming into the Sweet 16, we've got these teams left. Gonzaga, Arkansas, Texas Tech, Duke, North Carolina, UCLA, Purdue, St. Peter's, Arizona, Houston, Michigan, Kansas, Providence, Iowa State, and Miami. The first thing I want to point out is that one of the matchups in this round is Miami versus Iowa State. I think that this is a weird situation because it is odd to have a low-ranked teams in a Sweet 16. The highest seed to make it to the Final Four is an 11 seed. This year, the teams are very challenging to beat, but it looks like Iowa State and Miami are going to be fighting for their lives. They did just that. Miami ended up beating Iowa State 70-56, sending Miami to the first ever Elite Eight. It didn't last long though, since they ended up losing to Kansas in the Elite Eight, 76-50. It was an interesting game though. Miami was actually in the game, but they just couldn't stop the outstanding number one seed, Kansas. Miami had a chance, but just couldn't hold on to Kansas with Ochai Abazi scoring 18 points and also David McCormack scoring 15, helping in the efforts of leading Kansas to the final four and seeking beyond. Another thing to touch on is that out of the eight elite eight teams, three were from the ACC. Many people said that the ACC was the weakest conference. Meanwhile, they have more teams than any other conference in the Elite Eight. Those teams are North Carolina, Duke, and Miami, who got knocked out this round. Coming into the Sweet 16 in Elite Eight is where the matchups start to get very hard. Teams left in the Elite Eight are Arkansas, Duke, North Carolina, St. Peter's, Houston, Villanova, Kansas, and Miami. 
A very close game in the Elite Eight was the Gonzaga versus Arkansas game. Gonzaga had a steady lead to start off the game, but then Arkansas held the lead tight. Eventually, Arkansas took the lead, never giving it back to Gonzaga throughout the rest of the game. Despite the contribution of Drew Timmy to Gonzaga scoring 25, Gonzaga still lost 74 to 68. The rest of the games were Duke beating Arkansas 78 to 69, North Carolina beating St. Peter's 69 to 49, ending St. Peter's Cinderella streak, and Villanova beating Houston 50 to 44, which was an especially low-scoring game. Now we're into the Final Four, which technically decides everything the teams in a Final Four have sought this whole tournament. The only four teams left are Duke, North Carolina, Villanova, and Kansas. Both games were interesting. For the Villanova-Kansas game, Kansas, as usual, pulled out their secret weapon, a 7-0 start to the game within the first four minutes. Villanova never caught on as they were hanging on by a thread the entire game. The final score was 81-65 Kansas. On the other side of the bracket, we have Duke and North Carolina. We're talking about huge rivals before, and this will be the first time Duke has ever played in the March Madness game against North Carolina. And the same for North Carolina. The game would take place at Caesar Superdome in New Orleans. This was both teams' nightmare. Mostly Duke though. Both teams are good and although North Carolina is an 18, they still look ahead at a championship title for Huda Davis as a first-year head coach and themselves. Unfortunately, as a Duke fan myself, they lost. One team had the advantage, but it didn't turn out to be Duke. It was always a close game, even when both teams went on streak to be up by six, the other came back. After Duke having on the line coach plays off game, they were under big pressure. Duke had the momentum but lost it in the end, losing 81 to 77. So there it is, the championship lying above Kansas and North Carolina. The game started at 9:20 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on April 4, 2022. Kansas was originally supposed to win the game, but fans started to see a downfall around the five-minute mark left in the first half. At halftime, Kansas was losing by 15, 40 to 25 the largest deficit in a championship for teams at one was Loyola Chicago versus Cincinnati in 1963. The deficit was 15 points, just like this game. Meanwhile, Kansas was losing by a maximum of 16, breaking the record in 15 at halftime. It was basically tied with a minute and a half left in the game with a score of 70-69, Kansas winning. David McCormack came in clutch with two ending baskets. The first that got the score is 70-69, and the next 72-69. North Carolina just couldn't do anything about it. Caleb Webb ended up taking the final three-point shot with about three seconds left, but fell very short, resulting in another Kansas championship game win, which tallies up to four national championships in school history. Let's look at what this means for the NBA draft this year. The top 10 players right now, according to ESPN, are first, Jet Holmgren, second, Paolo Boncaro, third, Jabari Smith, fourth, Jaden Ivey, fifth, K. 
Keegan Murray, 6th, Shadon Sharp, 7th, Jalen Duran, 8th, AJ Griffin, 9th, Johnny Davis, and 10th, Dyson Daniels from the Genie. That's going to wrap up today's episode. Thank you for listening, and Eli's out.